You're listening to the Mind Your Home Podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the channel. Today I'm going to be sharing five mindset shifts that will completely change the way that you declutter. Let's dive in. Shift number one, moderation is the difference between collecting and curating. Think about that for a second. Moderation. What that means is that nothing is off limits. So let's say you're going through your media collection, right? And you have tons of vinyl records and CDs and DVDs, and you're trying to decide, well, am I supposed to just get rid of all of these things? Or am I allowed to keep some of them? A lot of this stems from the whole dichotomous black or white thinking, which we learned last week is a cognitive distortion. They work for a little bit, but they don't work in the long term because it's not sustainable. Turns out that labeling certain foods as bad adds the thought of, I can't have it, which only makes the foods more rewarding. And so when you do fall down the spiral of chocolate chip cookies, you end up eating the entire container instead of just one. Well, these same thought patterns exist when it comes to our clutter and our space. If you feel like you're depriving yourself, you're more likely to go back into the clutter spiral at full speed. Instead, we should be thinking in moderation or curating versus collecting. Now, in order to curate, you need to have predetermined spaces, no shelf shoving here, and you need to have an honest practice of selecting, which is a skill that'll definitely get stronger with time. Of course, there's no better time to practice honing that skill than the present. Mindset shift number two, it's not wasteful to let things go. It really doesn't make sense when you think about it. How could it possibly be more wasteful to allow something to go totally unused, not fulfilling its intention or its potential, sitting in your closet versus possibly selling it and getting some money for it, or even giving it to somebody who could find a lot of value in it? Now, a lot of this, of course, stems from a couple of the principles that we talked about last week, like the endowment effect or loss aversion or even the sunk cost fallacy, where we believe that because we've invested so much into something, we need to continue investing in it. And maybe continuing to invest in it is just as simple as allowing it to take up your space. Remember, there's value in space too. And so this is just a mindset shift of my space is just as valuable or actually more valuable than the things that I'm not using. Well, when you make this mindset shift of it's It's not wasteful to let things go. All of a sudden, you feel freed to let things go. Your space suddenly becomes unoccupied by all of these things that you're not getting any use or value out of and freed up for things that could really enrich your life. Now, in some cases, maybe the waste happened when you purchased the item. It's not wasteful to let it go, but it was wasteful when you purchased it. But that's not always the case either. There are many things that we purchase, we use, we get a great deal of value out of them for a period of time, and then that time passes. Now it's time to let that thing go and continue fulfilling its purpose elsewhere. Number three, if everything is sentimental, nothing is sentimental. The word and the intention behind the word really loses its meaning if you try to apply it to everything. So if you're somebody who says, I'm just too sentimental to let things go and I get overly attached to all of these different things. It's a real problem for me. It's probably a different reason that you're holding on to and attaching to things other than the emotional value of them, the true sentiment. When you hold on to all of these things, it kind of devalues the other things that you're holding on to that truly are sentimental, that you do want to look at and appreciate more regularly, you know, that do hold some kind of personal, true emotional value in your life. Mindset shift number four, selecting beats sifting. 
So what most of us do when we go to declutter is we dig into a drawer or a closet and we start looking for the clutter. We start digging through the clutter, picking up each item and asking questions about each item. And our focus is entirely on the clutter itself. And this does a couple of things. First of all, when you're focusing that much energy and intention on any given thing, you're more likely to find some kind of meaning in it, right? More emotional meaning or a memory that's attached to it, whether it's truly sentimental or not. When you're really focusing on something, you're more likely to keep it. It also makes you overwhelmed and exhausted really fast because all you're seeing is clutter. You're seeing one thing after another thing after another thing that you're going to have to be going through and making decisions about. And it could be really overwhelming, not only emotionally, but also physically. And this approach oftentimes will lead people to just not taking any action at all because they feel paralyzed by the clutter or burning up all of their energy by multitasking and jumping to declutter from one spot to another, selecting, going back to that whole curating idea again, is an empowering act. You're choosing what you want to keep for that space. You're going in with the intention of your vision for a space and what you really want and what you're going to get value out of instead of an intention of looking at and deciding about clutter. This process of selecting only the intentional pieces and releasing the rest is what it looks like to curate, which is a skill that most beautiful accounts on Instagram and YouTube have learned to excel at. It's really the trick and the secret to creating a space that you can thrive in that looks looks beautiful and that looks curated instead of looking like something that's an eclectic collection of random things. Mindset shift number five, mass is mass. Things that take up physical space will always take up physical space. You can't just make them disappear by organizing them or streamlining them. You can create larger portions of space by organizing and streamlining, but understand that the mass is still there. The thing is still taking up that physical space. This is why when you're looking at types of items or categories of items that quickly start piling up, things like dishes and laundry, nothing beats simply having fewer of those things because that mass is always going to be mass. And just keeping the things in your space is going to give people the option of grabbing a new one of whatever it is, whether it's a plate or a glass or a towel, every time they go to use something in that space. The more clothes you own, the more laundry you'll do. It's as simple as that. That also means if you're going for a light, airy, spacious, minimalist vibe for a room, no matter how many organizers or bins you bring in there, unless you let some things go, you may not be able to achieve the look you're going for. Of course, it all depends on your intention for a space and what you're curating and how you're curating it. But that rule will apply of mass being mass. You can't make something look minimal if it's not minimal, at least up to a certain extent. You may have some really great hidden organization spots and drawers to shove things in, but after a certain point, you're going to need more drawers and more places to shove those things in because those things are still taking up space. Chat with you next week.